And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him men might believe. He himself was not that light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light, that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, and that means character too, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, I hit a, a, a hallmark this past week. I uh, became, I had a birthday. I became 81. And uh, a few weeks ago, I went up to, with some trepidation to take my test, to get my driver's license renewed. And I read all three lines. That was all I had to do to pass, be able to read three lines. And I did it with my eyes open. <laughs> Not only that, uh, when they finished, they gave me my license, and they said, this is good for eight years. So I went out to my car and sat down very pleased with myself, having accomplished that driver's test. And I began to think, wait a minute, eight years? I'll be 89. Well, either that or I'll be walking on air and <laughs> moving at the speed of thought. Uh, but it doesn't matter. I wonder if I will be here in nine years. It really uh, sometimes matters to me, but most of the time it doesn't. Because all of my life I fought that way, since I was a kid. I had the experience, and many kids today, in fact more today than, than I had, see young people my age die. Kids in my neighborhood were killed in ghastly accidents. That sets you up. But what is the meaning of life? Where are we going? What's, what's life all about? Why am I here? And I was exposed to a little bit of death talk around my neighborhood and my church and so forth, and it sounds rather macabre to think about dying, doesn't it? It does to the modern world. People who think like I do, where am I going? What's the meaning of life? What direction? What's it going to be like in the next world? You know, considered kind of flaky. Uh, it's all about now. It's all about here now. 
Yes, it is about now. This moment makes all the difference in tomorrow. And this moment is only possible because yesterday there was some direction, hopefully, into my life. We all come to a point in life when we have to choose who we believe Jesus is. Now, we have made that decision here. But there's more to be learned about Jesus, more to know about him, more to know about him experientially. And that's what I'm about this morning. I'm here to say, you know, this Jesus thing we enjoy is more than about salvation. It's about us being shaped and formed in his image, about us being perfected in such a way that when we see him, we'll be like him. It's all about him from the get-go to the end. And that brings a stability into my life. That has brought me to the gravesides of many people in which I could offer to them the hope of salvation and seeing their faces light up and seeing them go through hard times and come out on the other side still proclaiming their joy in life. That is what Jesus offers us. But whether we know, believe it or not, is up to us. Is Jesus the way, the truth, the life? Well, John seeks to tell us that. In fact, that phrase comes out of John's gospel. It's very plainly stated there. And here in this chapter, we have some ideas about God that are very important. First of all, in the beginning was the Word. That's another way of saying Jesus is around then, in the beginning of things. You know that people that don't even believe, believe there's a beginning of this world, of this universe? They say they can't believe that because they can't believe in an eternal God, but they can believe in an eternal matter? Strange. And how can you believe in eternal matter if you can't explain how personality comes into being? If there is a God, it can't be some kind of distant, disconnected one. He has to be personality. Well, that's fundamental. How can something as wonderful and beautiful as this world is, and we who have these marvelous personalities, potential, ever think that God is any less than human personality? God is a person. And so the word came in the beginning that person was that person existed and all things were created by that person and that person came into the world and that person was the light and life of the world when he came into it and men recognized him as light. men said where else shall we go for the words of life and they said that light shone in the darkness and the darkness has not understood it the scriptures tell us that Jesus came to his own after being pre-announced by a man who said he was coming, came to his own, and his own did not recognize him. They did not receive him. Yet to all who believed him and received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. And that means a ticket is paid for any worries we have about what happens after we die. Well, that's simplifying something that is really pretty profound. 
Now, I uh, think we have to come to terms with this Jesus. And John is starting there to lay it out before people who understood the power of the Word. The Word to the ancients was a life thing. It should be that to us, but words can be trivial to us in our day. What would you say if I... Well, it's something I haven't confessed often. But do you know that C.S. Lewis was my mentor? Did I ever tell you that? He was. I have read a lot of his books. And the life that was in his mind, going through and working in his mind, has been transferred into mine. And I share that life, and he has been my mentor And Jesus, likewise, was his mentor and my mentor. You see, the Word, Jesus is seen as the Word because creative virtue, power, knowledge, understanding has gone out from him. Simply. By the Word we create, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be, and there was. The Hebrews saw words as power. They create, they destroy be easy to destroy a human being with words. We say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. The biggest piece of nonsense ever passed across the human race. A maxim that should be destroyed immediately upon hearing it. Sticks and stones may break your bones, and words will kill you, will send you to hell, will leave you in the most abject misery. All somebody has to do is work on you for a while and they can tear your personality down to a shred. Satan does that all the time by telling you, you're nobody, you're no good, you're not worthy, etc. But Jesus comes to say, I I want to give you the power to become the sons and daughters of God. So in John we find this message coming forth about God, who he is, not withdrawn. He came to his own. Now, who are his own? Human beings like you and me. Jesus had a personality. He, uh, he would be a personality like no other personality that ever walked the earth. Because in some ways, we all can identify with his personality because peace of him is in us. We can see in him that he shared our nature. That he hurt like we did. He cried like we did. He laughed like we did. One of my uh, most favorite, favorite things in the Bible is that word, uh, Jesus wept. And um, one guy said, have I done this here before? I've done a lot of things. I have my little favorite things I do over and over, and I don't know where I did them. But I share it with you. When it says he, Jesus wept, it's one of the authors said, when he said it wept, it wasn't a, a mild kind of weeping. It wasn't a little silent tear blotting up, blotting of tears. It was something more like the neigh of a horse. Well, if you've ever been overseas where, where people celebrate death with mourning and make noises like they did in the Middle East, it's not mild. It would be something like an, an expletive, uh, this cry that Jesus gave when he looked over Jerusalem. We are 
can do it better than that, but I won't. <laughs> Heart-rending, caring. That's how much God cares about who we are. He's, God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son into the world that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He came for one purpose, to show us the face of God, the character of God, the nature of God. He came to his own people who were human like him. He lived among us with a, as one who had former familiarity with him. Look, Jesus didn't just pop up. There were 400 prophecies of his coming in the scriptures. Mathematically, that is, that is very hard to uh, attribute to conniving and contriving a story. He revealed himself to those people long before he ever came. We see the character of God emerging in the story of Israel and how he protected them, how he guided them, how he guarded them, how he led them how he showed his heart for them, how he predicted that he would make the picture even clearer one day with the coming Messiah who would be among them as not just a sketch, but as a 3D model animated just like us. I'll show you, show you who I am. So he came to his own who were prepared, who were ready, who had been warned, who were ready to hear good news. But many of his own did not receive him. They were people who had been prepared, people who had been told, people who had been prophesied to, people who said they were expecting him. But he upset their notions of who he was. The object of my life is to get to know Jesus. Not just about him, but to know him. Experientially, to be able to say, in that instance, I knew the grace of God was at work. That's knowing him. And from the time I first became a Christian, I set out to know him. And he did not prove me wrong. I was uh, at a youth conference in 1954, right after graduating from high school. I went there to a Christian witness mission where I learned how to witness to people about Jesus, about the church, actually. I taught more about the church than Jesus. But I, uh, I had a good Jesus upbringing. And I went there to possibly hear the call of God. Now, the truth is, I'd already heard the call of God, but I was resisting. I just wanted one a moment, you know, that electric moment when I knew he had said, I want you. But I went to this youth conference, and I was humbled there. I met young people who had genuine, sincere faith that made me feel convicted about my own behavior, my own attitudes, my own life. And so I was knitted even more firmly to this thing called the Church of Jesus Christ, because these people inspired me. And as I watched them live and walk and pray and, and testify, my heart was knit more and more to them. And on a Thursday morning, the speaker got up and said, is there anyone here today who would like to tell us what you think God is calling you to do? One by one, kids all over that room stood up 
testified they felt they were being called to this or that. Some of it was ministry, some of it was other things, but they had a conviction God was calling them. And in my usual way, before I knew it, I was on my feet, and I said, I want to say something. Do that a lot. I believe today the Lord is making it clear to me that he wants me into a church ministry. I'm not sure whether it's missionary work or whether it's preaching the gospel, but I yield my life to him today. After the meeting, I go up to the guy in front and I said, you know, I just did a bad thing. I don't have any money. Seven years of schooling ahead of me. My family's poor. They don't have enough to get me through. And I am terrible with my grades. Average, you know, I was just unmotivated in high school. I goofed off like Joe, you know. He and I would have been good friends. <laughs> Practical jokes all the time, you know. Getting by with the lowest common denominator group. I had good friends, but, you know, they didn't inspire me that much to get over my bad miscarriage ways. So I go off to college with hardly any grades. But this little old college, junior college, Ferrum Junior College accepted me, you know, and that's where I started after I heard my call. When I went to this guy up front, I said, I don't know what to do. He said, Daryl, now listen to this. How would you react inside to this? Well, Daryl, <clears throat> all you have to do is have a little faith. Okay. Okay. Faith it is. Lord, I believe. I'm going to tell you a story. It's, I'm going to shorten it. I was on the dean's list all the way through college and seminary. From a junior college to a little Ivy League school to seminary. I got scholarships that I didn't ask for. Some I tried to turn down because I didn't think I deserved them. I had work to do in the summertime that was magnificent. I got $1.48 an hour to work on a railroad. And I unloaded boxcars and I worked in mud and grit and with, with men of the earth. And I learned a lot there from those dear people. Let me tell you something. When I left seminary, my last $100 in my checking account paid my bill completely. That's what God does. And he makes it clear he did it. He can be trusted. My mission in life has always been to talk about the living God. I got a theoretical one, but I want you to know the living God. And so, I am really messing up my sermon, by the way. <laughs> so I come to the conclusion of this message. What is the easiest commandment? Receive. Receive. You hear it? Receive. John in Revelation says, in the very early part of the book, chapter 3, writing to the church now, not to culture, not to those outside, to the church of Jesus Christ. The Revelation is for those who understood the symbolism 
of Jesus, God, the way God spoke to them was through the symbolism they already prepared them with, the language he prepared them with. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and whoever opens to me, I will come in. And with that person, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Eating is the most intimate thing that people do in the Mideast, sharing, breaking bread. If I share my bread with someone else, it's really part of me. Yeah, my energy, my life, my effort, my thoughtfulness, my devotion all went into making the money that bought the bread or planting the wheat that bought, made the bread. That is understood universally. That when you share bread with someone, and other cultures know this, you have shared your life. You brought them into the most intimate place you can bring them. You have sat with them as a family member. You have offered to them something that is sacred. And when Jesus talked to us about eating with us and saying, this is my body given for you, he is saying, we are meant to be intimate friends. And I invite you to let me in. Many of us may think that we came to Jesus Christ because we tried so hard. I was one of those. I tried hard. I was taught kind of like, you know, to seek God with all your heart. It's a good text. The end of that text is realizing no matter how hard you try, you eventually have to surrender. It doesn't work the way you want it to work. You expect it to work. So you surrender. You surrender and receive. That's what faith is. Receive. It's the easiest commandment of all. Jesus came to his disciples after the resurrection, and he breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. You know this, don't you? I'm talking to the choir. No, I'm not. I'm talking to the church of Jesus Christ, which does not practically express, and I say this from my own humanness, does not practice that on a regular basis. It's not about salvation. I'll come in and eat with you. It's about life. A practice of your life should be when you are up against a hard place, Lord, it's bigger than me. Help. I receive your spirit. I accept your spirit. Come in and help me with this. And that's why worry is a sin. Because I worry, you worry, to no avail. But receiving Jesus in that moment of time of need, 